Okay, what's the latest? Uh, we've been nominated for an Australian Podcast Award. What did you just say? We've been nominated for an Australian Podcast Award. Yes, we've finally done it. Well, actually, it, it's a nomination, so... Wait, our podcast was nominated? Was it like a raffle thing, or...? No, no they had judges and everything. People love True Crime Chief. Well, well, it's wonderful that we get some accolades for the work we do here. We're on the police payroll, and this will go a long way to justifying that. Who's on this week? Uh, we've got Peter Lebedev. Who's that? Uh, Peter is a PhD student working on physics education. Sounds great. Let's get him on the line. The following stories are true. None of the names have been changed. These are the files of the wallet inspectors. Thank you, Mr. Lebedev. Uh, thank you for accepting this routine wallet inspection. Uh, to kick it off, I'm going to hand you over to Deputy Inspector Luke Gold, who's our sketch artist. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the description of your wallet. Yes, thank you, Mr. Lebedev, for uh, for coming in today. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you in there. In the thank office. you, Deputy Inspector. Yes. Uh, so we'll begin with uh, in the shape of the wallet, if you wouldn't mind. Well, it was originally a rectangle, but now it has quite rounded sides. How did, how was, how, what happened? What happened to your wallet? Did you disfigure it? No, I think it's just, it's, uh, incredibly old now. The corners are rounded and look like the pop-up icons on an iPhone. <laughs> okay. You know the rounded corners? Yeah, you know no. how you have rounded corners? You know how Steve Jobs was obsessed with rounded corners and used up like half of the original Max processing power to make sure that all the windows had rounded corners? Yeah, that's what my wallet looks like. Yes, it's the uh, software version of uh, pre-worn jeans. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah, so if you wouldn't mind, Chief, just, just let me do the questioning for the moment, please. Uh, so, what what was the brand? Uh, it's a Samsonite. Ah, Samsonite. Because Samsonites, you know, they, they do the suitcases. So is it any protection at all? Or? I know that it's made out of leather. And when I got given this wallet, I was very opposed to that i'm now a vegetarian i care deeply about animals and i find leather and those kind of things uh, like uh, uncomfortable and a little upsetting and i got given this wallet when i was maybe about 11 or 12 and i uh, held those beliefs back then and Mm -hmm. still do now but one of the kind of the interesting things that since you guys asked me to be on this podcast i was thinking about like what's so special about my wallet what does that signify about me or whatever and I kind of realized that partially uh, this wallet makes me think about products in general, that I think I am now at a place where I'd much rather buy something that is more expensive but good and will last a decade or two rather than something that's cheap. And leather leather is, you know, I don't, I don't agree with killing cows. I don't think that's a great thing to do as a society, but also it is something that has lasted me for the last 11 or 12 years. So I guess it's worth it. Hmm. Right. So you've really almost had a, a, an epiphany based on your wallet, which is kind of cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Sounds good. So what would you identify as being the oldest item in your wallet? I genuinely don't know. I think the wallet itself is the oldest item. Are you normally... Um, everything else is quite new. Is your wallet normally a messy wallet or a tidy wallet? 
it, it doesn't make much sense, but it's messy without having a lot of things in it, if that makes any sense. There's basically, I have no coins, I have no receipts. Okay. I basically have no cash in it at the moment, but like all my cards are kind of in whatever compartment they fit in and it's all over the place. So I definitely need to search through it, but I only basically have the credit cards in there. Oh, so it sounds like there's a bit of method to it, though. I do try to keep the cards that I use most at the front, which would be my credit card and then my student card, which allows me to get into my office. So they're kind of at the front, and now in the middle, there's kind of the driver's license, and at the back is basically just a bunch of junk. Okay, well, let's walk through the junk in that case, because that's where all the fun's at. So what's what's involved in that junk? Okay, so one is a... Two of these cards are cards for indoor climbing gyms in Sydney. That's one of my hobbies. Uh, I absolutely adore rock climbing, especially bouldering. Do you want to give a quick shout out? So to I have, yeah, let's go shout out to Nomad in Annandale and also St. Peter's. Yeah, Sydney indoor climbing, really cool places, both amazing, amazing route setting. And what got you fun. into that? Oh man, okay, so I was traveling around Europe about two and a half years ago. I went to a conference and ran into a bunch of wonderful, really rowdy German geologists and, you know, spent basically four days hanging out and drinking and basically we got along like a house on fire and they were like, oh, by the way, we're going to Frankenjura to go climbing. Do you want to come? And I was, you know, traveling around Europe. So I said yes and went on a camping slash rock climbing trip with a bunch of wonderful people and just totally fell in love with it. It was just incredible to be like it was Frankenjura is kind of the epic forested place where it's just these really old limestone cliffs. And it's just kind of like one of the places where the modern sport of sport climbing started and all those kind of things. So there's a lot of history, but also it was just the pure wonder of being able to climb a thing from the bottom and get to the top. And, you know, when you're at the top, you have this wonderful view of you're looking out onto this forest and there's these wonderful, beautiful rolling hills and there's a village and there's literally smoke coming out of a chimney and it was just incredible right it was just so much fun and then i think i kind of fell in love with the movement of it and the needing to push your own you push your own boundaries all the time and it's just that was it's totally irresistible to me it's such an amazing sport and i'm really really happy that i found it so you know we've obviously talked about a lot of things you know in, in your wallet but what is the most interesting thing that you'd have in your wallet well, I think the the most interesting thing is I have a planetary society, the world's largest like uh, kind of like space advocacy group, where basically it's a bunch of people who think that space exploration is awesome, and they really want to encourage governments and basically advocate for NASA and the CSA and JAXA and all of these kind of things. Is it so, a global thing? Yeah, it's a global thing. It's, it was ah. uh, started in America by actually Carl Sagan, awesome. but the current CEO is a certain science guy yeah. with the name of Bill Nye. Oh, you might have, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, and I, I was lucky enough basically about a month ago to hang out with Dr. Carl and Bill and another friend, and we got to record a podcast, and that oh. was really cool. So that should be on Dr. Carl's Shirtloads of Science podcast, so you should probably go check that out and su- subscribe to that. But yeah, I have a signed uh, Bill Nye Planetary Society membership card. Wow. So. So I what, think that's pretty cool. That is definitely one of the most interesting things that we've heard in someone's world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we all know Bill Nye. He's, he's a science a famous, guy. It's a science guy. Yeah. That's, what science a name. Guy. That's great, isn't it? Like, <laughs> rhyming, love it. Yeah. Um, but what's he like? 
Oh, dude, he's he's the coolest, right? Like, he's so, so chill and so kind. And just, it was really great to see Bill and Carl just hang out and, like, talk like normal people. But the stuff that they were talking about was just, like, all this wonderful nerdy stuff. Yeah. So I was really actually lucky where, like, Carl had to go off and record another thing. And Bill was, you know, in Sydney. Bill and his partner were in Sydney for, you know, something like eight hours or six hours or something. So... We were like, oh, how about we take you to the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge? And they're like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. So I got to take this kind of childhood hero and definitely a mega science celebrity on a tour of the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge and just seeing his face light up like a kid where he was like, oh, my God, I'm playing that on Sunday. That's like playing the pyramids. That's so cool. That's awesome, dude. It was really sick. Cool. It was really cool. One of my favorite things about, you know, we've actually had a chance, you know, we've spoken to Dr. Carl and we've had a chance to talk to some pretty cool people. And I'll, mm. I'll never not find it awesome to hear how people I consider to be really cool and really, you know, someone that I'd want to meet when they get stoked to meet someone else. You know, it's always yeah, cool sure. to remember that your heroes have heroes as well. Yeah, yeah. And for it's, sure, it's really for cool. sure. Yeah. Now, uh, we've looked mm. up um, some of the research that you're doing and, and in, in your career. And uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, probably not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, could you el- elaborate on what it is that you do? Well, uh, back then I was studying geophysics, which was basically where we were trying to figure out what's happening underneath the earth, what's happening with other planets, with you know how do you find water better, all of these kind of things. It's quite interesting stuff. And now I'm doing a PhD uh, in physics education, basically where I'm trying to figure out how we can use videos and documentaries and all of these kind of things to actually teach physics concepts, right? I basically want to be like Carl Sagan, but much worse. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it is about physics that scares some people? Well, I think one of the things that scares people about physics is just the sheer quantity of math, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this preconceived idea that they're not good at math. And I I don't think that's really how the world works. I think you get good at things that you practice, right? So if you try to do math when you're a young kid and you find that it's difficult and you don't like it and whatnot, that, that puts you off and you stop practicing. And so you get comparatively worse and worse compared to you know your classmates and i think that's really sad and that's really dangerous where i don't know for me i was never a person i i i don't think i am gifted in any way i don't think i'm talented in any way i don't think i'm intelligent i think like in the in what dr carl says right he's not intelligent he's just knowledgeable right he spent a really long time putting a bunch of interesting facts into his brain and learning a bunch of cool things Mm. and i think that's kind of what i want to view myself as and what i aspire to be i think we can't really change what we've been given but what we can change is you know what we do with it and our attitude towards it I, i think physics is wonderful because it just describes what nature does it's not physics is not made up in any way it's just using the tools that we have to describe nature. And if you think that nature is beautiful, you should probably think that physics is beautiful too. So I really don't know why people find physics challenging. Hopefully I can make a difference to so that people view it in a better, more positive light. Yes, it definitely sounds less terrifying when explained that way. Well, yeah, I mean, like, really, like, if you look at a at the ocean and you see a wave and you're like, man, that is one hell of a cool wave you know 
that's all of that wave is described by physics and it's really beautiful physics as well it's like the wave is beautiful and the equations that describe the wave are beautiful and <laughs> it's all a good time and you know what's cool is that those equations that describe ocean waves also describe sound waves which is how we're talking right now they also describe light waves which is you know why the sky is blue and why sunsets are red it's just cool like physics is the coolest thing ever yeah that's cool we reuse scripts here at the wall inspectors too <laughs> The first time that that you really was there something that kicked it all off. So I'm I'm incredibly incredibly lucky that both of my parents were physicists. Oh, that helps. Nice. So I'm <laughs> right. So so I was uh, basically had no choice but to be interested in this kind of stuff and slash become a physicist or I'd get disowned. Yeah, um, you've been given the propaganda early on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Also, like, I'm uh, from a Russian background, so, like, the Russian accents are real, and it's, like, a slightly <laughs> James Bond supervillain kind of thing going on. It's, it's, it was a good time. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, like, as from the earliest memories, I was just kind of fascinated with trying to figure out how things work. Yeah, honestly, I think everyone, I think everyone is like that, and everyone can be like that more. You know, just just because you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or whatever doesn't mean you can't pick up a new language. It's the same thing here. Like you can pick up the skills of mathematics. You can pick up the skills of physics if that's something that you're interested in, you know. Are there any experiences that you've had growing up with two physicists' parents that other children might not be exposed to? Yeah, so there was uh, a couple of cases but one which especially stands out was i remember being maybe about seven and i was walking through like a department store with my dad and i saw a model airplane and i was like obviously being so seven year old i was like oh my god that's a really cool model airplane dad can you please buy it for me you know he kind of looked at it he picked it up and went hmm okay you know if you can figure out how this works and tell me within you know the next week i'll buy it for you and if you don't you know, we'll take that out of your pocket money. Cool. And I was like, all right, fair deal. That sounds good. And basically it was uh, an airplane that you connected to like a bike pump <laughs> and you pump it up and you increase the pressure inside kind of the, the, the cylinder and that yeah. discharge of pressure from that cylinder would move a bunch of pistons and those pistons would make the propeller spin. So it would fly, right? And you couldn't control which way it flew, but it would just fly straight, right? So that was really cool because I, I got a chance to, you know, I, I got a new toy, score. <laughs> and I, I got to play around and spend some time with my dad and figure out how a thing worked. And, you know, I didn't, yeah, it was, it was just really cool. And I, I think it's these really small things which have very much, you know, contributed to where I am now. And I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky. And I think that's one of the reasons I kind of chose the direction that, uh, I want to go in with my life now because a lot of kids weren't so lucky to have physicist parents. And actually, a, a, one of my closest friends from uni, the reason that she did physics was because she watched Carl Sagan's Cosmos when she was 12, hmm. right? And just absolutely just fell in love with that and that world and kind of realized, wait, this is our world. This is, hmm. you know, the things that we can study and just, you know, really buckle down in school and you know, she, she was doing physics for a very long time. And I think that kind of stuff is really amazing and really inspiring. And if there's a way that one day I could be, you know, that for some kid, that'll be rad. Uh, we thank you so much, Peter. Today has been really a, a pleasure to talk to you. 
and sure. uh, Thank yeah, you. It's, it's, we we wish you the, uh, all the best in your career because uh, it sounds like you're going to do some pretty incredible things. So, thanks very much for spending the time talking to us. Thank you so so much for having me on. This was so much fun. Yes, don't forget about the inspectors that helped you along the way. <laughs> I, I won't. I won't. Nicely done, everyone. Guys, listen. I know exactly how the Oscars work. So what we have to do is campaign to the judges to beat out the other nominees in our category. Oh, categories? I thought this was like an award for like best podcast. Yeah, categories. Sorry, Chief. Well, what category are we? Law enforcement? News and current affairs? Uh, comedy. What? If you enjoyed this episode of The Wallet Inspectors, go and give us a review on Facebook or iTunes. This episode was written and edited by Michael Wilkins, who, along with Alex Jones and Luke Gold, created and started with special guest Peter Lebedev. All right, you're free to go, but don't listen to any other podcasts without checking with us first. <laughs>